Hey everybody, this is Brad Bruce and I'm here with Jace Marsiglia and you're listening to the 5195 Podcast. What up, what up? Hello, sir. Special episode. It is. We got to do our first con together, buddy. Yeah. My first, I... my first West Coast, son and... of Monster Palooza. That was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was at the Marriott in Burbank. Mm-hmm. This past weekend, what was that, October 13th through the 15th? Yep. Good lineup. Extremely. Fun show. Yeah. Any regrets? No. No? You? It's probably the first con I went to that I didn't hit all the tables. Okay. And I, and I mean guest tables. Okay. I very much like to meet celebrities, you know. If only just to throw a handshake their way and thank them for years of entertainment. And I do like my autographs. I collect them. I didn't do much of that this time. I was This was more of a merch run for me. They're kind of always that way. I bought a lot of filth. Yeah. <laughs> I got a bag of filth. Thanks to? Video Shock, our good buddy Mike Kruger. Yes. He hooked me up with a few Blu-rays. Also, I stopped by and grabbed a stack from Severin Films, which was awesome getting to meet those guys. Super cool guys. Severin, to my knowledge, hasn't come out, at least to my Michigan con, okay. Motor City Nightmares. So that was my first time getting to see their spread. They had a lot of good shit on their table. Yeah, they did. And really nice guys. Super nice guys. Yeah. I got to thank one of them. The fella I talked to, I just said, you know, take this for what it is. I just wanted to thank someone from Severin. Basically what it was, was they had a big, it wasn't really a Black Friday sale. It might have been like a 4th of July. It's It's been a couple months anyway. They were kind of doing a warehouse cleanup. And they were like, we're selling a lot of our old Blu-rays and stuff Dirt cheap. Get them while you can because we're, we're clearing the warehouse. I ordered a few for, they might have been like five bucks a piece, something like wow, that. Wow, really? I mean, it was like a, yeah, it was a big blowout thing. They really wanted to make room. And this sounds really trivial when I say this, you know, so unless you're a collector, you get it. I was upgrading a copy of Turkey Shoot, which was some people know as, is it the Escape 2000 with Olivia Hussey? I had the DVD. I just wanted to get the Blu-ray before it was gone because I'm, I'm trying to convert a lot of them. And I figure five bucks. Why not? They sent me the DVD. Oh, the rest of the order was fine. I, I had gotten the Maniac 2, you know, which is the last horror film, uh, the Psychic and a couple of others. But um, Turkey Shoot came as a DVD, which is the one I already had. So I emailed them back and I'm like, hey, guys, I was upgrading to a Blu-ray. You kind of sent me the one I already have. But I said, I didn't break the seal. I can whip it around and throw it right back at you, you, you know. I'll pay for the post-it, all of it. And someone from Severin was just like, dude, keep it, sell it, do what you want, but we're sending you your Blu-ray. Little shit like that is super cool. Super cool customer service. So, I mean, aside from being able to bullshit with the guys from Severin for the first time and really get a look at a lot of the stuff they bring to cons, it was nice to be able to throw that thank you their way and them just be like, that means a lot. You know, it's cool that you even remembered that. And I'm like, of course. A lot of these customer service joints, it's very clinical. It's very, what's your order number? All right. Just almost like they can't be bothered. Severin was super cool, man. They were not not only quick to respond, but they were like, dude, we made a mistake. And uh, now you got two copies, buddy. It was just neat. So uh, things like that stand out. And I I, I appreciate that from boutique agencies like that. To the guys at Severin, man. Super cool. And I want to thank you both again. Ooh, I walked away with some stuff, buddy. We both did. Yeah. I think I bought eight from them. Did you? Yeah. I I don't know how many I grabbed, but I, I know for sure I grabbed 
I guess it was a con exclusive of Four Flies on Grey Velvet. Yeah, I know. And, I fucking missed that. And I was like, why is this a con exclusive? Because I remember seeing it online, maybe not on their website. Someone had touted this is coming. And the guy was like, oh, no, this isn't even on our website. He goes, if you don't get it here, you don't get it. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, we just put this on the tables. And I was like, well, then <laughs> sold. You know, so I grabbed that one just because I knew it was going to be a rarity. Plus, I've never seen it. It's one of the early Argento films. Uh-huh. So, And I knew they were going to do it right. Yeah. And I want to say it comes with like three different versions of the movie and then the soundtrack. So cool. Amongst many other bonus features. But it's 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 a well-rounded release. And uh, Severin, they, they take care of their movies, man. They don't half-ass anything. Super cool. Yeah, every, that's one of the the big things that I do. Every monster or son, mm-hmm. you know, is the Severn booth. Yeah. And it's also just because of the frailiness of both the guys that are working it. You mm-hmm. know? And the people that know, that went there, they know these two guys and they know exactly how fucking cool they are. Right. And that you was know? my first time encountering them. I wish I remembered names. Yeah, me too. I know. I only know, I remember the one, Jaime. Glasses. Yes. Okay, Jaime. I think. Maybe. I don't know. I'm um, bad with everything, dude. I know. Me too. It's pretty everything. awful. It sucks. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're giving a blanket shout out to Severin no matter what. Yeah. All of you guys are fucking cool at our book. Yep. yep. And uh, I will continue to collect from you guys. I'll, As will I. I have so many Severins in my collection. It's crazy. I honestly think, aside from the occasional website grab, mm-hmm. I will wait for the cons. Not a bad idea. To buy f- directly from them. Because sure. you're going to get the inside info as well on what to buy. And that's what I thought was cool. I was like, okay, guys, well, I'm going to buy the seven. Lay it on me. And yeah. they're like, you got to get this. You got to get that. This one and that one. You know, and even Mike, you know, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, no, you got to have this one. It fucking rules. This one's badass. This one's rad. Yeah. Ended up buying seven. I bought one the day before on Friday night. I bought mm-hmm. one from them. But yeah, in total, I bought eight. Yeah, I think they're a blast, dude. They're they're a fucking great boutique company. They are, and it's it's one of those deals where, for guys like you and I who pretty much build our own video stores, um, and again going back to our Blu-ray DVD discussion, being a bells and whistles guy, boy, they load these things up, man. Yes, they do. And these are not well-known films. You know, Scream Factory gets the well-known shit, and they treat it good too. But Severin is like, we're gonna take something obscure european um forgotten and we're gonna just shower this thing with information you're yeah gonna, you're gonna learn everything you ever wanted to know about this fucking weird movie that we found that everyone forgot about yeah and man i just think that's awesome you know it's it just it's more film school for me same you know which leads me to the other table that we kind of cleaned house on vinegar syndrome and you got more from them than i did Yes, I did their deal. Yeah. They had they had a specific deal. Buy X number, get 10 bucks off. Buy X number, one of them's free. Yeah, mine was three and then $10 off. I think yeah. that's the one I got. Yep. So uh, I grabbed a handful from them, and they're another one that's like, for every title that I'm like, awesome, they put this out. They'll release like five that I'm like, what the fuck is this? They always give it such a good presentation that I'm like, I'll blind buy it and just learn whatever the hell it is this is and they're great for that they're fantastic they're the ones who finally brought the latter amityville films to light on digital i know they were on dvd for a while but those are long out of print bare bones discs full screen yeah you know so these were these were cleaned up jobs and they gave them a lot of cool stuff 
Same with the Angel Trilogy. I got that years ago. They also they put out their share of porn. Do they? They do. And what's funny is I seen some of it on the table, and uh, one of them I had already from them called Let's Get Physical, and the other one was Body Girls. It was okay. like a double feature. You don't think for porn, bonus features. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of these people, I hate to say it, are long gone because these are like vintage porn, 70s, 80s. Man, there's interviews and shit. They go out and look for information. And, and when you say porn, this is... Triple X adult films. I had no idea. Yep. Where, where, okay. Because they have, I think they have another label they sometimes put them under. I think they were releasing them on DVD for a while as Picorama. But they've been getting the high-end slipcover treatment, new artwork. They treat them like they do their primary releases, the, the mainstream and even semi-mainstream stuff. Uh, so they had some of those on the table. I picked up their massive edition of Gorgo, which was like a three-disc set, I think. Ticks from early 90s. Grabbed that and... Um, Something called The Demon Rat, which is, I guess, a Spanish horror slash action film. Never heard of it, but fuck it. You know, it's there, and they they lavished it with all kinds of cool shit. Mine. Yeah. I'm going to take it home and check this out, you know. But they were good people, too, and very knowledgeable and um, very friendly. I actually had a bit of a credit card snafu at their table. You know, it's a little embarrassing every time it happens, but it's one of those deals where my card was like, is this really you? You're a Michigan native and someone's spending money in California. So at one point, you know, I had my little stack I was buying and it was like declined, <laughs> declined. And I'm like, fuck. But, you know, I, I heard that that was kind of par for the course for a lot of people. For a lot of people, apparently. Yeah. Um, so I was like, damn, you know, I kind of had to just be like, well, here you go. I'm sorry. Right. I walked away, probably got 30 feet. And then I got the text on my phone. Did you just try to buy from Vinegar Syndrome? Yes or no? I hit yes. They're just like, try again. You're yeah. fine. Just needed the verification. So I trotted back over and I'm like, okay, I had this one, this one, and this one. Do you mind if we just, and she's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And it went right through, but it was like, they were patient about it. It was Saturday. It was a busy day. Oh no. So it, it was Sunday, but it was still really busy for a Sunday even. So people were waiting and they were like, no, come here, man. You're good. Just, you know. We'll take care of it. So again, just like Severin, Vinegar Syndrome is another one that I will just continue to patron Mm -hmm. because nice people, quality products, great movies, and really, really fucking obscure shit. I saw you picked up, I think, The Birds 2. I did. I got got The Birds 2, Freeway 2. Oh, that's right. And Flesh Eater. I did pick up Flesh Eater. Okay. I do have that now. I love Freeway too, by the way. I've never seen it. It's we're... fucking bizarre. But, it, but it, you know what? It's a solid, entertaining flick. The, the first one went to theaters, yes? Yeah. I think it limited, but it was still at theater. Freeway 2 was like a direct-to-video? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Even that, though, look at what they did for direct-to-video. Oh, yeah. They made it look as important as the first. You got to check it out because it is a really fun movie. I'll have to. If you do like the first one, mm-hmm. you will like the second one as well. Uh, the first one I need to rewatch. It's been a minute. I, I remember. I, I know I've seen it. But... I always love the fact that like Freeway was Little Red Riding Hood. Mm, really? That's okay. What it is. It's the story of Little Red Riding Hood. But not to not not to get too off topic because no, but we're talking about movies. But it's like the you know... point is Freeway Two could very easily be a forgotten direct to video right. Ben movie. If not for. And Vinegar picked it up, dusted mm-hmm. it off, and gave it a 
fucking it, it set it to prom, man. I mean, yeah. it had a cool slip cover. I didn't really look at the bonus features. The art was cool. Yeah, lots of that. That's what they do, man. Vinegar and uh, Severin, they're really archaeologists about this stuff. Mm-hmm. They look up some really cool stuff. So, yeah, both tables were a blast. A yeah, they blast were. to go to. I mean, I think we hit them several times throughout the three days. Yeah, the first two days I was circling like a shark. Yeah, even if not just the you bullshit know. with the guys from well, Severin. The ones from Severin were just super friendly and fun to talk to. Yeah, and Mike um, is good friends with them, you know, yeah. as well, so... So it was cool. You know, those guys were just fun to bullshit with. Yeah, those first couple of days, I was just kind of roaming back and forth like, mm, what you got? Mm-hmm. What's that over there? You know? And then Sunday, I took my bite. Yeah, you did. You know? And you said you were going to do that. You were you were hunting. Hunting. And nibbling. I nibbled. Friday and Saturday, but. You know, I bumped the boat once or twice. <laughs> just wanted to see if there was life in it. Mm. But on Sunday, you devoured. I said, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, walked away with what I call a lot of quality filth. Amen. Because I'm, you know, at this point, I don't know about you, and not to steer too far off topic, at this point in my collecting career, I think I have everything I want. I think I have everything that I've coveted, movies that I've liked that have made the leap. I think now I'm going for weird and obscure. Now I'm looking for shit that I'm just like, I have no idea what the fuck this is, so I'm going to check it out. I'm at that point in my collecting. I see that. You know, where I've got all my Jasons, I've got all my Michaels, I've got the big ones. They're, I've got all those, and I've even got a lot of the obscure ones that I used to see as a kid. Now I'm really doing the blind buy. And I think these are the companies that really mine the diamonds out of the rough. In my opinion, Severin, and, you know, and Vinegar as well, but I feel like Severin filled the gap of losing Anchor Bay. Yes. For me. That's because a good Anchor, point. Because Anchor Bay did put special features, documentaries, interviews. Lots. Like, yeah. And that, uh, and I was absolutely in love, you know, with Anchor Bay. Same. And, you know, I have, uh, you know, as you know, and we talked about in the past, we, you know, I have hundreds of them, you know, mm-hmm. and watched hundreds of them. Yeah. You know, and it was cool because, you know, with us collecting, and this is, this is like, you know, another one of those things that I, I can take from a con experience and now I can adapt it into my real life. When, we were talking to the vinegar syndrome people and the guy was like, oh, I have a wall that's just new, unwatched. Yeah, in his collection. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit, that's a great idea. Super cool All idea. factory sealed stuff. So that's what I'm going to end up doing is putting all my factory sealed unwatched wall. Wow. That's, you know, like I, I want to do that. because It's like, really neat. Cool. It is neat. That it is, is a cool, cool idea. Yeah. Because then you can literally pick from like something I've already seen or something I haven't seen. Yeah, this wall over here is just the shit that I need to get to. Yeah, that's very fucking this cool. This is my to read pile yeah, that, that people was, do with books. That was very fucking cool. And it was. I will definitely be doing that. Yeah, I may have to do the same when I fly back. I've got enough movies, even from the last few months, I've picked up this, this side or the other, and I'm, I'm primed to do another good shift. Yeah. Now, aside from movies, there's also tons of merch. Lots of merch. I picked up a official Monster Palooza baseball cap that I sported all over the place. It yeah, was very cool. Yeah. I wanted something Monster Palooza branded to yeah. take home, you know, because that was my first Monster Palooza, even though it was sun. Show. It's such a fun show. It, it was. It, it, it really was. is. And it's like, I love the family oriented vibe from yeah. Monster Palooza, you know, all the way down to the staff. Everyone is just super fucking cool. Yeah. Nobody was, nobody was really a dick. No. No. There was one table we went to, I and I couldn't tell you the name if I wanted to. I don't remember. But Oh, Video Shock, Mike Kruger. Yeah, he's a dick. Oh, Mike Kruger. He's yeah. an asshole. It's, I think that goes without saying. <laughs> we love you, Mike. Uh, 
<laughs> no, um, there was one table where I think a raffle was going on, and me, you, and Tina were in front of the table, but we were looking. We were looking at their table. I know table. what you're talking about. I was looking at the VHS. Yes. And one of the guys behind the counter made this comment like, you know, if these guys would move along instead of hanging out and blocking the line. And I remember looking around and going, we are the line, you asshole. Yeah. It's the three of us. Yeah. So that guy was a prick. And then like he had kind of a bruiser buddy next to him who kind of got up, stretched and walked around the table like he was going to have to, you know, mosey us along. And it was like the fuck is this you yeah. know what i mean so aside from that which i don't think i bought anything anyway that was the only one that i caught like tood yeah so i was just like whatever dude you well know. you know and with his table he had a ton of vhs and it was okay there might have been one thing i would have bought but the condition was a little rough but i i hate this nothing is priced on this used oh, stuff. Oh, I don't like that at all. Yeah. You know, and it's like, come on, dude. Because now you're car dealing. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like, what? It's 20 today, but if someone else asks you, it's 5 or 10 or 50 or right. 30. You know, and I'm like, nah. No, just put your stickers out, dude. Yeah. And the majority of people there, everything is priced. Yes. The, so, yeah, merch-wise, what I'm really trying to do, I want to start a full run of Fangoria and Gorezone. Oh, Nice. And so I'm going to start with just trying to catch the first 50 of each in numerical order. How long did Gorzone go? Now, that one I'm not 100% sure. I know on that one, I only I think I only have like four or five of them. Mm-hmm. I just love the hard-ass covers of those oh, things. Oh, yeah. I know I have number one and two and maybe like five, seven, eight, something like that. I wish I knew the title of the magazine, but a buddy of mine in elementary school probably shouldn't have had this. He knew I was into horror and was like, I've got a few magazines if you want them. And he gave me a couple of Fangos, I think a Gorezone or two. But there was one that was kind of beaten up and didn't have a cover, but it covered Night of the Demons. Okay. And when I was kind of flipping through the pages, it showed Linnea sticking her lipstick in her tit with no sensor bars or anything. It was full on nudity. So it was overseas. Must have been. It had to have been. Because Fango didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Gorezone didn't do that. And it was just kind of like, that always stood out because I'm like, I've kind of collected a lot of the magazines that I've wanted to. Right. Never ran across it. So even even if I, you know, even if we can agree that it's a European magazine, mm-hmm. I have no fucking idea what it was. But it was a good one, though. It was like, obviously, if it had Night of the Demons in it, it was like 1988. So I'm sure they had stuff about like Halloween 4 and Hellraiser. And, you know, I just remember it being a very colorful magazine with a lot of cool pictures and mm-hmm. yeah i never found out what it was because if i found out i would have tried to collect it you know what i mean yeah Th- this weekend i was able to pick up quite a few issues of fango thanks to mike yeah mike, mike had a mike, mike had, had a, a he had a good spread i think i got number two from him yes like number 20 number 22 mm-hmm. number like seven like i saw 10. you grab a creep show one got a creep show up some pratt on the cover yeah did you get the Halloween 3? I did get the Halloween 3. Okay. Yeah, I got quite a few of those first 10. So you you've know. got a good jump on your goal. I do got a good jump on the goal. Like That's I said, cool. I'm going to start at 50, and once I get through 50, then I'll start kind of getting everything, like the the, the the big number or the key issues, then it'll be easier to fill those gaps. Sure. So yeah, so I did that. I don't really buy a lot of toys just because I get everything from Mike. 
And yeah, he's Mike, on Instagram, so look him up. He's got great shit. Yeah. Which I no, know Mike's his... A, he'd be a good hookup. Yeah, he, he definitely is. Um, And I know we're going to have his show dropping soon. Yes. You know, it's either going to be before this one or after it, so I don't know. We but may I, have already done it. Yeah, so... You may have already met Mike. <laughs> yeah. The likelihood you have. Yeah. Oh, no, you definitely have. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because I can't tell you how many times, you know, not just at this con, but several cons, when we're at his booth and I hear someone say, like, are you at Frankincense? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah he get, he gets recognized for that a lot. Because, I mean, even at Frank's, he's got one of the he's best a, booths. He's the mainstay. Yeah, it's, you know. it's fucking awesome. Like, I think the best thing about Mike's booth at Frankenson's is his fluffy crate. I don't know where he got that thing. Whoever yeah. whoever he got that from is fucking badass. Are they, though? Because I feel like whoever gave it to him made a huge mistake. Really? He could have just kept it or given it to a, a true buddy, not just one who would hawk the weird. Mike, <laughs> let go of me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but no, I, you're right. The crate display is super cool. No, it, yeah. It's, super cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's precariously hanging directly above Mike's head. Uh-huh. Like a potential Looney Tunes disaster. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's super cool. And uh, I'm sure he appreciates it. It's probably a good conversation starter. Oh, and... it is. It's funny. Like, I, <clears throat> I've even gone in a couple times and, like, tagged, like, Fluffy Crate Frankensons mm-hmm. and, like, just customers. Taking yeah. pictures of it and like showing up. It's like, all right, that's cool. Super cool. Yeah, it's cool. Well, why don't we get into some of the guests that were there? Good idea. Again, we didn't really patron the tables. Not too much. But I think we have stories about everybody, just about. Yeah. Top to bottom, the big one was Sam Raimi, who was there Saturday and Sunday only. I didn't go visit Sam, but he ran into me a couple of times. I just down on the floor. Super cool, you know. If he wasn't kind of being ushered along, I probably would have stopped throwing a handshake his way, you know, but he was busy and uh, he was taking some pictures with people, which was really cool, especially since I think his his information said nothing outside of pro photo op. He must have finished the photo ops and was just like, yeah, cool picture, whatever. So he was he was he seemed nice. He seemed like a good guy. And I got to hear some of his Ramyisms like uh, he (laughs) he was with Mike Estes, who's a manager. Super cool guy. I've got a story about him. But uh I think at one point Mike and I were talking and Mike Estes and I were talking and Sam was just like, hey, money bags. Hey, buddy, get over here real quick. (laughs) And it was just it was such a it was so funny hearing him in person. Yeah. Doing the shit that I've seen him do in interviews for years and years. And uh, the way Sam joshes around with Bruce and Ted and all them, it reminds me a lot of my uncles. Yeah. They're very same humor, same stupid. Maybe it's a Michigan thing. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was my only real interaction with Sam was, hey, money bags. <laughs> hey, man, when you're done talking, get over here. <laughs> it's just too funny. Um, the next big ticket item was Cassandra Peterson. Yeah. And that one kind of hurts. I really wanted to meet her, if only to shake hands again. Uh, I do have her autograph. I bought her book signed last year, hardcover, I think. So I was like, you know what? I'm kind of weighing it out. Do I get an autograph, an 8x10, or do I just get, you know, do I pay for a pro photo op? She had the divider up, which to me kind of looks a little less personable. I always think that the divider, it it gives people, and I'm probably 100% wrong, but when I see the divider pictures, I'm like, I'll show this to someone and they'll think that I edited myself into a picture (laughs) because it's the perfect split. Yeah. You know what I mean? It splits the picture in half and it's almost like, it doesn't look like I'm really there with her. You know what I mean? So I was hemming and hawing about it a lot, and for three days I did that, and eventually you just... You were really contemplating it, huh? I really was, because i Wow, I'm a... you, were, you weren't vocal about it. 
I was a, I am a huge fan of Cassandra Peterson. I'm a huge fan of the Elvira character, but I love her as a person. I think she's awesome, and even more so after reading her book. Mm-hmm. She's a super cool chick, and she's done it all. Jesus Christ, the woman's met Elvis. Yeah. You know, but it's like, it was that funny thing where you're just like, should I? Shouldn't I? Should I? Shouldn't I? Uh, too late. Opportunity's gone. So that was sad, but at the same time, every time we went past her line, it was jumping yeah cassandra if you're listening by some slim chance good on you for entertaining everybody because that was like a line in like a subway it was huge it just snaked around the courtyard around the building and that was just for her which was amazing so even if i did decide i probably would have burned a lot of daylight just standing there waiting so i think that's me i don't think i have that attention span to stand in line it's for that too stuff. hard i man. just don't like i i need to be constantly stimulated and moving know, around too. and going yeah. and doing that's the thing you know yeah. so, it's, so i i'm getting to that point too where yeah i'd go into you know i'd go into the hotel to maybe run up to our room or something and i'm walking past the line and i'm like jesus yeah Christ. and plus you know with the with the autograph things i mean i've I hit my quota of who I needed. Yes. And not not to disparage people that are still at the shows because I think they're all fucking great. And yeah. I, I do. I appreciate their work. But the, the the keys that I needed for, you know, my own personal Your bucket list. Yeah. You know, I, I was able to get all of those. And it was literally everyone from Dawn of the Dead or as many people as I could get from Dawn of the Dead. Sure. You know, just because of how impactful that movie, you know, is to me. I know? did the same with Creep Show. Yeah. I've, I've gotten pretty much everybody... That at least I think does cons, mm-hmm. um, with a, f- a few exceptions. I would love to get John Harrison's autograph. Yeah, have him either sign a vinyl of mine or something. Who knows? But uh, there's very few people left that I know would do cons that I need to get. Thankfully, I got George's just a couple months before he passed, which was just—I mean, it was heavy. Yeah, I'll that say. was a big one. That was—I was crestfallen, but at the same time, kicking myself because I'm like, you—you you were probably one of the last people to meet him. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's humbling, but I got to meet my hero, and life is fragile, guys. Mm-hmm. But I've met Galen Ross. I've met um, Tom Savini. I've met several people. I know I'm never going to see Ted Danson or Ed Harris at a con, you know, but I've gotten a lot of my creep show people. But yeah, no, I've, uh, I still like to get the autographs. But the funny thing is I've met so many people, and I've gotten so many autographs, that the need is dwindling mm-hmm. because with each con I go to, I've got most of them. Yeah. So now I'm filling gaps. See, that's cool. You I know, like that. And so it's it's cool. And uh, we could do a whole episode on the autographs we have. Yeah, I didn't really didn't really get into too many lines this time. I'll go down the list of guests. Yeah. And I'll I'll reveal who it was that I did get. I did get one. Uh, but the next one up was Linda Blair, whom I didn't see at all. But I think she was tucked away like Cassandra. I don't know where she was. I think she was in the same hallway. But she was, unlike Sam Raimi, I didn't see her milling around. Didn't really hear anything about her. But Ted I, was, ro- was roaming around too. Ted was actually the next one on the list. And yeah, I, I ran into him probably three, four times, yeah. you know. So yeah, Ted was, he was active. He was out and about. He was one that was at Motor City this past year. Okay. And uh, I got to meet him there too, but I uh, just didn't have enough money to, you know, belly up to the table and talk to him. Um, but... The next one on the list was Devin Sawa from Final Destination, Idle Hands, the new Chucky series. He's one I've been like a casual fan. You know, I never really, I love Final Destination. 
<laughs> I thought Casper was cute. He's in that for a minute. He wasn't one that I was like a constant go-to, but his table was jumping. Yeah, it was. And Devin seems like a really appreciative guy. You know, he see, he's one of those, you know, if you sit back and people watch, which we did a lot of, um, I'm watching Devin's table and he could tell he was just having fun with everybody and just seemed really appreciative. And it was one of those deals where if I had a little extra, a little extra money or some time, I might have, I might have stepped up and just said, what up, dude? You know, because yeah. this whole Chucky thing he's doing, um, I watched maybe the first season. It's up to like three or four now. Wow. Is it? Yeah. I actually stopped because some the show started to tie into some of the Chucky sequels that I've not gotten to yet. Okay. Because I've only seen Child's Play like one through five. And there's like a six, seven, eight. I don't know. There's Cult and Curse. And, you know, I have them, but I've never gotten around to watching them. And mm -hmm. I was like, now they're getting into things in the show where I'm like, I don't know what's happening. So I need to bail. Yeah. I got to get caught up. But from what I saw, it was really cool. And Devin seemed to be like a pretty cool character. He, he's playing. When I saw him, he was a dick. He was like a abusive dad but then he also played his dad's twin brother who was nice so you got to see devin kind of be the dual jekyll and hyde that's cool thing and he, he, it was fun it's pretty neat harvey is it harvey gillen was there from what we do in the shadows werewolves within which is a hilarious fucking movie <laughs> he was there i saw him roaming around quite a bit mckay pfeiffer was there you saw him i didn't yeah you know i wandered around a lot but i didn't see him he's one that He's done so much, and I probably still would have gotten an autograph for High School High. Okay. Because <laughs> it's just such a fucking funny movie. That's a good pull. I love that movie. Um, but yeah, the guy's done tons. He's been in I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder, Dawn of the Dead. Right. Uh, which I still thought was entertaining. I did too. We also had Ola Ray, who was the uh, the gal from the Thriller videos. Which looks was, amazing. Looks fucking, she's the same. Yeah. She looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. But they were celebrating the 40th anniversary of Thriller. Yeah, the Thriller exhibit was badass. The exhibit was so fucking cool, man. Yeah. The statues looked amazing. Yeah. They had a TV that was just on a constant loop of the music video. Yep. But yeah, she, she kind of had her own room to herself. And uh, she was like the end of the Thriller tour. And very preferable, very cool. Um, but yeah, she, she's still beautiful. Super cool lady. Adam Green was there. I didn't see him. I think you said you might have seen him at some point. But he's one that I had a, a, a correspondence with years and years and years and years ago mm -hmm. when I was first starting out. And it would have been nice to just walk up to him and tell him... Um, Thanks for the encouragement. Because I did send him a fan letter. And I mean, we're talking Hatchet 2. Okay. So it's been a minute. He wrote me back, gave me some good advice, lots of encouragement, gave me a signed Holliston poster that I didn't even ask for, you know, which was awesome. Would have been cool just to say hi and tell him, hey, you know, I'm sure you get this a million times a day, but I wrote you a letter and you gave me, you gave me a push. So I like to let people know when they did. Now, my autograph is from Sybil Danning, who I was sharking her table a lot, <laughs> mostly because, A, of course, she was a huge crush when I was growing up. She was Pam Anderson before there was a Pam Anderson. Most people know her from, you know, Howling 2, Grindhouse. She's been in Grindhouse, and she was in Rob Zombie's, was it the werewolf women of the SS? But I kind of grew up not just off the Howling, but I did a lot of the, uh, we call them whip movies. Women in prison. <laughs> and boy, did she do a lot of those. 
She was always like queen of the cell block. Yeah, for a budding young man growing up, Sybil Danning was, uh, she was quite the looker, you know. And uh, I got to meet her. I got an autograph on an 8x10 of um, her from the movie They're Playing With Fire, which uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's relatively obscure, right? I think, oh, yeah. I think that was at Anchor Bay, too. I had it on uh, Kino Lorber on Blu-ray. I'd seen it as a kid, probably on HBO, something like that. But I revisited it about a year or so ago, not even knowing she was going to be at the con or anything. And was very surprised that they gave her so much to do because, yes, it's every kid's fantasy. He gets to bang his super hot teacher, which is obviously scandalous. But she and her husband are roping someone into a plot to kill somebody for their property. And he's too naive to know the difference. She actually gives a pretty deep performance because she doesn't like what she's doing to this kid. For someone who is, let's face it, usually hired to take the top off and just look hot. They're Playing With Fire was kind of a good movie for her. I thought they really let her be an actress. Yeah. You know, as opposed to just the eye candy. She really took time with you. She did. You know, and it was really cool, you know, like and, just the way the, the interaction between you two, like yes. you were watching it, you know, because Tina was going to take the picture for you. Yes. So we were just kind of <clears> hanging around, but she was like super, you know, attentive. She was. You know, and... Which was I, nice. I like that. And that's the thing. She did have a little bit of a line. Yeah. You know, there were people waiting. Oh, yeah. I'm always very mindful of that. My anxiety goes up mm-hmm. because I'm like, I want to say hi, thank you, all that good stuff, but I want to get the fuck out of the way because <laughs> other people are waiting. Yeah. You know. No, she was super cool. Loved my shirt. I think that day I was wearing the, my Halloween shirt and she just goes, that's beautiful. And she comes around and she goes, with the curtain behind me and everything, she goes color of your shirt. She goes, this is going to be a beautiful picture. And I said, I'm sure it will, Sybil. Thank you so much. When she was done, I actually felt good enough to say, hey, man, we have a podcast, 5195 podcast. When all the strike stuff ends, we'd love to have you on. And she was like, one second, trots around back to her side of the table, takes out a couple business cards, gives me an email address. She's all about it. Mm -hmm. So one day, who knows? We'll mark it now. Yes. Sybil Danning would like to be on our show, and I think that would be sweet. Oh, it would be fantastic. The stories that she could tell. Yeah. She's worked with so many people, and she's worked so many crazy sets. Oh, it would sets. be awesome to have them. She's a legend, man. She is, and mm. the th- she's basically the queen of exploitation. Yeah, she is. And um, I'm a huge exploitation fan. I love Grindhouse Fair, which I apologize, people. I had lost my voice this week. It is This is the best I've sounded in probably three, four days. Yeah, easily four days. Wouldn't you say? Easily. I've been hanging with Brad all week and it's been like, croak. <laughs> so yeah, I almost feel like I'm pushing it. But I do apologize. If you noticed I'm hoarse, that's that's why. I wasn't it's, outside It's screaming. okay. The power of editing, you were going to sound fucking fantastic. Oh my God. If John Vernon was still around. Oh God. I would just have AI. Yeah. Replace my voice with John Vernon. Oh my God. I would just replace you with John Vernon. Go fucking iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I, uh, I revisited Howling 2 this past summer because I was kind of just blowing through big franchises and hadn't seen Howling 2 in a long, long time. And it's a stupid movie. It's very stupid. Doesn't make much sense. <laughs> but damned if she doesn't just chew the scenery to fucking pieces. Yep. If anyone in that movie was having a blast, it was Sybil and you could tell. Yeah. She was just having a good time. But the thing is, they shot it 
way back behind the Iron Curtain. The story behind the making of that is probably more fascinating than the movie itself. And I'd mm. love to, I'd love to pick her brain about working in a place that, um, I guess, if you went out at night, you might get killed by KGB. You might want to stick with your concierge, and it's just a very turbulent time and not a good place to shoot. But it was cheap, so she was part of that run and gun gang to just. <laughs> Dress up as a fucking werewolf, and it's just so funny. You watch her performance; she's in like a werewolf threesome <laughs> at one point, and it's just oh man, she's just got a good sense of humor about it. Yeah. So um, it was a pleasure getting to meet Sybil. She was my only real table stop. Aside from her, we had Bill Mosley. Who is there a con he doesn't show up to? Because he's in Michigan all the time. Yeah, he's at ours constantly. I think he's the Grand Marshal. I was going to say, God bless con- the guy, man. Because, I mean, man, he's just, he's a hard worker and uh, dude flies everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. I see him at almost every con. And, uh, you know, just God bless the guy. I really yeah. want to, really want to take the time with him one day. And uh, they did kind of have their TCM2 reunion. I wish they would have had Bill <clears throat> a little closer. It was a weird setup. Because they had, they had what? It was, it was Bill Mosley. Carolyn. And then they had Bill Johnson around the corner. He was a around bit. the corner. He was a stone's throw away, but it was kind of a kitty corner. Yeah, he should have been right there with them. I agree. Because TCM2 is my favorite out of the entire is franchise. It? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's my absolute favorite. Um, I mean, being a Texas boy. Sure. There's nothing hotter uh, than Carolyn Williams' accent in that movie. Uh, accent. Oh, I know where you're going. Go ahead. Oh, the, the fucking Daisy Dukes. <laughs> God, I would have followed her into hell when I saw that movie. <laughs> but yeah, she she's beautiful in that movie. And um, I've, I remember when I first saw it, I was kind of put off. Really? I was. The first time I saw it because I expected scary. Okay. Because the first one's, it's like madness caught on yeah. tape. It's, it's relentless. So the first one really shook my shit up. When I got into this one, it was like, what are we doing? I was like, this is weird. Of course, I was ogling Carolyn for 90 minutes. But by the end of it, I was like, what? This isn't anything like. And the thing is, when you divorce yourself from it and really watch it, it's just like the first one, just bigger, funnier, meaner, more colorful. I've kind of looked at it now as the Evil Dead 2 of the Texas movies. And now it's like, it's almost on par with the first one, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. You know, it's it's I definitely it's is. one that I I really had to learn to appreciate because the first time I saw it as a kid, I was like, Leatherface scared me last time. This is kind of goofy, and it didn't gel. Okay, I didn't know what the the angle was. Right, and to be completely honest, Leatherface three, um, with the exception of Next Generation, which the less said about that one, the better. Um, <laughs> None of them really recapture the humor. Mm-mm. Part two is an odd duck in that series. Hey, man. But it's... when I saw that fucking poster <clears throat> before. Are we talking about the, the Breakfast, Breakfast Club, Club one? Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is my movie. Yeah. I was fucking excited. Like, I was excited. Believe like... it or not, I prefer the other poster where he's blasting through a door. Really? And it says the saw is back or yeah. something. Because that looked scary. Uh, had I noticed the other one, in hindsight, I probably could have looked at the poster and been like... Oh, that tongue-in-cheek stuff is right there. Okay, we're spoofing something here. Yeah. No, now 
It's fucking hilarious. I love the movie. Yeah, I need to I need to meet Bill on a more personable level. Yeah. Because I've always walked past his table and been like, hey Bill. And uh he's just a cool guy. I just wanna I just wanna meet Very the guy. cool guy. But I did get to meet Bill Johnson, not this time, but I believe at a Chicago flashback weekend. And what was cool about that was I never knew if I'd meet Bill because my very first con was in 2008. It was Motor City Nightmares, and it was the first year ever. And Carolyn Williams was there, and Toby Hooper as well. And Carolyn, she took a lot of time with me. Mm-hmm. She just, she came around. She joked with me about Creep Show and all that. I had a Creep Show shirt on at the time. She was like, I fucking love this movie. I think that was, I was wearing the one that has, I had a t-shirt that had Leslie Nielsen's head buried up in the sand. Okay. And uh, Ted Danson and Galen Ross are behind him as zombies. It's an old Fright Rag shirt, like when they only did like a two-color kind of deal. Yeah. And she goes, Jace, I love that movie. She goes, you know why? Because whenever I'm waiting to on a callback for a job, I just think to myself, I can hold my breath for a long, long time. <laughs> and it was just so funny. We both just died laughing, you know. She was also asking me about The Dark Knight, the Heath Ledger, you know, the Dark Knight movie had just come out. And I think she was asking for her kid. Is it too creepy, too scary, too intense? I was like, no. I, I was like, it was it was good. It was awesome, actually. But I was like, I, I wouldn't say it would be too intense. And she was like, cool. That was just one of the conversations we had. It was just, she, she wanted my opinion. But um, I kept in touch with her over the years. And, uh, you know, we were just kind of like Instagram, Facebook buddies. And uh, I wandered over to her table near the end of the day, Sunday. And I played, I don't know if I'd say a prank, but uh, I go, Carolyn, how you doing? And she goes, I'm good, buddy. How you doing? And the thing is, I don't think she remembers me from, we're, we're dated so far back now. But I go, I think there's something wrong with my phone. I go, the, the selfie we took earlier, we hadn't taken a selfie earlier. But I go, selfie we took earlier came out kind of funny. She goes, oh? And she kind of stands up and she goes, let me see. I turn it around. It's the picture of me and her from 2008. You know, she's got an arm around me and I'm just kind of like, that's not. You did that, you did that this? I did that here. Yeah. No shit. I did. Okay. Yeah. And I just kind of went, isn't that weird? And she just laughed. She goes, oh my God. She goes, I don't even recognize that woman. You know, but she just, she laughed and I was just like, well, I just wanted to say hi. And it was I good, think she looks great. I think she's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it, I had recently, the last time I really talked to her, um, I hit her up on Instagram because I had just watched 10 to Midnight. Had you seen that? Yes. And of course, oh God, she looks, not only did she look amazing, but she was a rock chick again, just like Stretch. It was like Stretch 30 years later. And uh, God, I'm a sucker for the rock chicks, man. But uh, it was just a good cerebral movie. And I thought that was one of her best performances ever. Yeah. But she really got pushed to weird extremes in that movie. She's devastated and sad and mm-hmm. upset. And then she's raging out and she's biting people. And, you know, it's it's a sad movie. It mm-hmm. was really sad. And I, I told her that. And I said, I'm going to write up a review. Is it okay if I tag you in it on my Instagram? She goes, no, please do. And I'll share it. And she did, true to her word. I wrote a glowing review for the movie, and she shared it on her page. I thought that was pretty neat. That's rad. It's one of those sad things where I'm like, you probably don't remember me. You know what I mean? It's like, even though we've met dozens of times. I, the first con that I went to, one of the autographs I got from her, she goes, I'm giving you a two for one. Because I got an eight by ten of her as Stretch. Mm-hmm. But she goes, 
this one, if you get it, I'll sign it, but it's already pre-signed by Bill Johnson. So wow. I was like, and again, this was my first con ever. So I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever meet Bill Johnson, you know? So I said, sure, I'll buy that one. She signed it up. It's a beautiful picture. And I happened to have my autograph book on me years and years and years later, went over to the table and I busted it out. And I said, Bill, I never got to meet you, but I've got your autograph here with Carolyn's. And he was like, no shit. You know, he goes, come here, man. Just He goes, take a picture with me then. He didn't ask for a buck. He just said, come on around, buddy. So my experience with Bill Johnson was just this brief time at Chicago Flashback Weekend. Okay. And he just, he was, he was thrilled to see me with an autograph. And I got to take a picture in between him and Carolyn. That's rad. It was just super cool, you know. So, but his table was jumping too. So I never really got a chance to walk over and, Mm -hmm. you know, just say hi to him. But you're right. The way they set him up. It almost like he was in timeout. Yeah, he couldn't yeah. be with his buddies. You know. Yeah, and and I um, you said something earlier about like people watching. Yes, that's one of my favorite things to do at a con. It just sucks that it's so like bustling and and like moving. Super. Bustling. I wish I had like just like a place to to stand and just watch everything. Because I, I am. It's worse than an airport. I love the people watching. You know, and not for any other reason except for, I just love the horror crowds. You know, so from, from the from the customers to the talent to just everyone there. It's like everyone is super fucking cool. It was. And I just being, you know, this close to Hollywood. Yeah. You have tons of industry people that show up to just hang out. I know. But we, I mean, I know we'll get there, but I, I want to finish your, I want to finish your, you know, your, your lineup. Oh, yeah. Um, well, let me see. After them, they had W. Earl Brown from Scream. And uh, something about Mary. Yeah. He was Mary's little brother. Little brother. <laughs> um, he was another one. He was next to Bill mm-hmm. in the hallway. And um, he's another one whose table was just jumping, man. Yeah. It would have been cool to get his autograph. I I would have got, I don't know if I would have gotten him as Kenny. Was his name Kenny in Scream? He was Courtney Cox's cameraman mm-hmm. who gets his throat Kenny. Yep. Um, I don't know if I would have gotten him for that or as the uh, morgue attendant. In New Nightmare. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, the thing is, he's in Scream more, and he's kind of a doofus. Yeah. The morgue attendant, I remember as a kid watching it, because I think New Nightmare came out when I was like 12, 13. Seeing Heather Langenkamp have to go identify her husband's body. Mm -hmm. He just pulls the sheet back just a little bit, and she goes, more, please. And he's like, ma'am. No. And it's it's one of those deals where I just remember thinking, this guy's being really compassionate about this. You know, <laughs> just take his word. So she pulls it back and there's the Freddy claws all over his chest and she throws up. But he's, it was just, I remember thinking, what a nice orderly. Because the thing is, in horror movies, if you, if most people know, when someone goes down to the morgue, usually they're eating a fucking sub and they're putting it on top of a corpse so that they can do something. Yep. They always make them creepy and weird. And this guy was just like, ma'am, I really don't want you to see this, you know. So I always, I always liked his role in New Nightmare. Just thought that was cool. I did see John Kassir. Most of us know him as the Crypt Keeper, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. He had a little corner to himself. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I, yeah, he was one I'd met at Motor City as well. One year, he, <laughs> I got his autograph, and I uh, got my daughter to meet him because at the time she was so little. John actually goes, "You don't show her tales from the crypt, do you?" <laughs> and I go, "No, buddy, no." I was like, "No." I go, "In fact." I'm showing her Tales from the Crypt Keeper. 
which was a Saturday morning cartoon. And he goes, my man, you know, and he kind of, <laughs> but then I didn't know he was such a hockey fan. Dude was like, he was wearing a Tales from the Crypt hockey jersey, but he was just like, you think the Red Wings will pull it out this year? And I'm like, yeah, the Red Wings. He goes, dude, I was watching them last night in the hotel room. And I'm just like, really? You're not watching like the Kings, you know? And he just goes, no, man, hockey's hockey. And I was just like, man, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, so we, that's cool. me and him bullshitted about hockey for about 10 minutes when he was out there last. So that's liked cool. him a yeah. lot. The last couple here, we got Alan Trotman. Oh, God. I did see him wandering around yeah, a couple I of did. times. Fans should know him as the tar man from Return of the Living Dead. Very iconic. Super cool. He was cool. When I met him years ago, I didn't know that he was also in, do you remember the show Dinosaurs? Yeah. The big, yeah, you know, it's, was it a Henson show? It was a Jim Henson show, wasn't it? There, but yeah, he's one of the dinosaurs on Jim Henson's dinosaurs. I don't remember which one he said he was. Wow! But I was like, oh, I fucking loved that show when I was a kid, and you know, it was it was pretty neat. Um, I know you were wanting to probably check him out at one point. I did. Never got a chance. No, you know what's weird, man? I want to work with these people. Me too. So, and I have reached that point. Yeah. In our career where now I'm like, autographs are cool. Handshakes yeah. are nice. You want to do something? Yeah. You want to do something together? And it's like, you know, I, um, you know, I want to, I want to work with Kassir. Sure. I would love to get him, you know, on something. I want to work with Troutman as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to work with Bill Johnson as well. Yeah. Cool guy. So. Very cool Because, guy. you know, now it's funny because I really wasn't like an autographed hound. Just this right now, you know, like this conversation is kind of sparking almost like a new endeavor where I'm like, hey, it would be cool to have Alan Troutman because I have the original. The poster. The one sheet of Return of the Living Dead, you mm-hmm. know, signed by a couple of the cast members. And I think it would be fucking rad to have, you know, him on there sure, as well. Absolutely. Um, like, I know I have the trick or treat uh, Tarman figure as mm. well. That would have been really? cool. You know, yeah. So it's like, yeah, maybe grabbing him, you know, like. You know, having Bill Johnson sign like a leather face mask or even a fucking chainsaw, that you know, something sweet. cool like that. So, I mean, maybe, yeah, you know, there might be there might be a few more out there that now I'm kind of like, oh, shit, I might grab a few. Sure. You know, no, it's it's fun. I I liken it to the 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 big trunk you always see in old movies where the guy who traveled the world, he's got a big ass stamp, Africa, Egypt, you know, it's it it was a comical way. I'm sure people really did it. Who knows? But it was just a funny way of showing I've been all over the world. Yeah. I look at my autographs like that. Right. I've been all over the horror spectrum. Here's my stamps. Here's my postcards. Yeah. Signed by the people who were there. And, you know, that's just a cool moment in my life. It's a window into a, a time where I could just be an unabashed fan. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it gives my kids something cool to flip through because both of them... Maddie, she's well into horror now. She's 15. She's been, you know, like I said, I was showing her Tales from the Crypt Keeper as a little kid. So she's grown up with around this stuff. And uh, it's funny when she flips through those now and again and goes, you met so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, it was pretty cool. That's you know, cool. Jake's getting to that point now, too. Oh, okay. Because Jake, I introduced him to the Scream movies. And it blew him away flipping through those when he saw a picture of his dad with an arm around Nev Campbell. Yeah. He goes, you met Sydney. I was like, I met Sydney, buddy. She was super cool. 
it's just neat. You know, it's cool stuff like that. So um, I do that at cons. But like, like I said earlier, the list is getting smaller. I've met a lot of my, not even bucket list people. I've met my bucket list people with the exception of like John Carpenter. Never met John. Never got to meet Wes. But I would love to meet Mick Garris. And, you know, I'm kind of going down the directors now. But um, no, now I'm just kind of like, oh, I like that guy's movie. Yeah. I'll go get his because kind of have everyone else's you know yeah but now like i said i'm kind of graduating with you to the point where i'm like i've met them i've shook hands with them i've shared my stories with them would you like to work together someday Mm -hmm. or just come on our show it's it's a little more personal and it's super cool it would be so cool yes it would to work with them just to round out this list there was sid croft from land of the lost and hr puffin stuff Super cool, but that show used to scare the fuck out of me as a kid. <laughs> like, my mom, she had a tape of it. Because this this aired before I was born. This was like a 70s thing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. And um, according to her, I popped it in every day. She was like, I hated it. She goes, that was the stupidest thing ever. She goes, but you loved it. So I've seen H.R. Puffin stuff more than I ever cared to. <laughs> and I remember watching it one year as older you know maybe in my 20s and just kind of watching it and being like what in the acid trip is this fucking thing it was so weird it was just one of those deals where i'm just like i watched this as a kid i was like well i could it's colorful i'm sure it kept my attention you know but like the talking flute mm-hmm. and shit like that you know it was just so, <laughs> such an acid trip of a movie it's like a <laughs> fever dream but yeah it was neat to see him there i just he was only there for, on friday Right. And uh, he, he skated. Uh, same with Ed Bagley Jr. They both had tables next to each other. Yeah. You know, Ed's, he's another one that's just been in everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been in everything. And yep. It probably would have been cool to meet him. But he had kind of a, he had kind of a decent line going. And um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what I would have had him sign. If you had to pick, whether he had it on his table or not, Ed Bagley Jr., go. Transylvania 65000. You fucker. <laughs> it's such a stupid movie. <laughs> but, it is. I mean, Jeff Goldblum. It is. Ed Bangley Jr. Jeffrey Jones. Yep. Come Gina on. Davis. Come on, man. Mr. Roper uh-huh. is in it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> that was one of the few that just ne- did never held up for me. I watched it all the time as a kid. And but, you yeah. just couldn't do it for you, huh? As a kid, it was hilarious. Yeah. See, watched, I must still be a kid because I still like it. I watched it as an adult and I was kind of like, this is... Oh, I love it, this man. This is pretty silly I love it. Shit. That's just showing you what kind of person I am. That <clears throat> sure. I that shit. No, I, if I had to pick Death of Some Salesman, Tales from the Crypt, with him and Tim Curry mm-hmm. and Tim Curry and Tim Curry. And what an unsettling episode. It's mm-hmm. so creepy and so gross. And uh, I loved him in it. Or St. Elsewhere. Wasn't he on St. Elsewhere? As a doctor? I'm going to say, I have no idea. Well, even now, most people know him from the Ghostbusters reboot mm-hmm. with the chicks and Better Call Saul. Okay, he's, yeah. He's a very big character on Better Call Saul. And if it wasn't Transylvania 6-5000 I would have signed, it would be Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, really? Doesn't he play himself? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And he's fucking awesome. Is he? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. that was never a show I got into. It was one... 
you've uh, you've told me I should check out. Yeah, I had I had a friend that was uh, doing some stuff on that show when they would shoot like in Santa Monica and stuff. And he said what was really funny was <laughs> Larry, like at the beginning, would tell everyone or even guest stars or whatever. It's like, okay, so you're just going to play yourself, but I need you to play a really nasty version of yourself. <laughs> Which that's all they are. Yeah. They're just nastier versions of themselves. This is the multiverse version. Again, we could do, and we should do a Curb Your Enthusiasm show. Oh, I'd I'd have a lot of catching up to do. Oh, really? Okay. No, it it wasn't one that I've. Oh, okay. We'll we'll, we'll have to to save that for another off-air discussion, and then we'll we'll get it going. Because, like, yeah. How many years was that on? I want to say they're about to release their tenth or eleventh season. It's still on. Oh yeah, yeah. They're filming. Oh, wow. They were. Fi- I believe they are filming right now. Prior to strike, did it? Um, did it end once and come back? So it's not about ending. Okay. This is what I love about Larry. I don't <clears> want to do it. And then he just stops for three, four years. Oh fuck it, we'll do it again. Wow. <laughs> And so. H- it was at HBO. <laughs> yeah. HBO was just like, okay. Well, yeah. We'll I dig mean, you a spot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, okay. But, but, yeah. So. That's one I, I got I to gotta put on my list then. You should. And you the thing is, H- HBO shows aren't like typical sitcoms, 26, 27 episodes. It's usually like 12 or 13, something right. like that. So it'd be an easy, it would move it a good clip. Yep. Rounding it out, we had Joanna Cassidy, who I know Mike was super stoked to yeah. meet because um, of Blade Runner. Mike's a huge Blade Runner fan. I felt so stupid that like Sunday after we left, <laughs> I'm ticking through because I see his post with Joanna and I passed her a few times and I'm like, she's familiar. I knew she was in Blade Runner. I remember that character, but I'm like, it's not that. Mm-hmm. It's not that. And I just, I'm like, who the fuck and as we're driving home, I'm thumbing through my phone. She was Dolores and Who's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, the way she was so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. You know, she had that femme fatale look, even though she was the good guy. Yeah, you know, but I, I loved her and Who it was Framed just Roger like that Rabbit. Fifties like pinup style look. Perfect. To it. Yeah. Yes, and she was funny, super funny in that movie. The polar opposite of Blade Runner, you know. And oh stuff, yeah, stuff like that. But it was like I, I just didn't recognize her. It didn't click. And now I'm like, that's another one I would have gotten. I would have gotten a Roger Rabbit autograph for yeah. sure. I guess only on Friday was Daniel Roebuck. Okay. And I guess you you got to hang with him for a minute, right? <laughs> yeah, that was a <clears throat> fucking interesting story. Yeah. So Saturday, you were doing your own thing. And yeah. And so I was hanging out in Mike's booth. Um, uh, video shock. Okay, Mike. Um, so we're hanging out in his booth. On Instagram. <laughs> uh, he and Tina were having a conversation. And I'm just like looking at his stuff because I don't want to talk to him. And so in walks this dude and like he's holding a drink and he's like looking around, kind of had his back to me. So I was like, oh, whatever, looking. And I turn around. As soon as I turn around, he was just like, I love all this shit. And I was like, oh, God, (coughs) it's fucking Daniel Roebuck. I was like, I I love all this shit. (laughs) I was like, that's cool. And I love it because he was wearing uh, the Count shirt. Oh, for the the Monster. Grandpa Monster. He was wearing, I was like, that was pretty fucking funny. But because, you know, because he was only signing Friday. Yes. So that means when you seen him, he's just there. As he just a, showed up. Yeah. Yeah. He's just there to hang. Yep. And super cool. Yeah. And so like we started <clears throat> bullshitting, and it was just about collectibles and this and that, and we were talking about like the Matchbox Freddy and like how like he's a big toy collector. Is he? Yeah. And okay. you know he was like, oh, you see these? Like these were never released. They only, they promised them, but they never. Met. I was like, wow, this dude knows his shit. I was yeah. Like, That's fucking cool. And then of course Tina was like, oh my god, what are you drinking? It looks good. And he's like, oh, it's just like orange juice and like pineapple juice. And he's like, I don't drink. You know, he's like, it's just. 
And so they were like bullshitting about that. He hung out for like 20 minutes. That's cool. And we just, we talked about the monsters, talked about all kinds of different shit. And I was like, hey man, well, if you're interested, we have a, we to listen to the show. Did you? Yeah. And he was like, all right. So like, you know, he's like, yeah, I love all that shit. So Tina ended up giving the the young lady he was with one of our stickers. Mm-hmm. And she was like, perfect. Like, you know, we'll give it to him. Um, yeah. So. No, um, I like him. He's, he's, he's been in so much. So much stuff. The guy's been around. So much stuff. And it was funny thinking about it after the fact because. He was in Final Destination with Devin. He's an FBI agent yeah. or something. Yeah. And he was funny in that, but it was cool that, that those two had a thing together. He killed it as Grandpa Monster. He did. He really did. And um, I think he plays different people in all kinds of Rob Zombie movies. He does. Popping up. But uh, he had arguably probably the most disturbing scene in Halloween 2. Oh, yeah. So I forget. He's like the proprietor of the strip club or something, right? And mm-hmm. That was a super violent fucking scene. And I yeah. just remember thinking, damn, you're fucking Roebuck up. You know, but it was, he's he's cool, man. It, w- it would have been cool to meet him. Yeah, yeah, he was cool. That, w- that was that was fun. I, it had to be something like that because I'm like, the setup was totally different the next day in that hallway. Yeah. And I didn't know that that's where Roebuck and Bagley and, you yeah. know. So, I mean, they, they did the, uh, you know, the Hollywood shuffle. Yep. Kind of move people around. I guess also in that hallway was Dennis Christopher from It. I, I always loved him in Fade to Black. Oh, fuck yeah. God, he was great. And then the, probably the most recent thing I remember seeing him in was Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a real piece of shit in that movie. <laughs> he was either like DiCaprio's like accountant mm-hmm. or banker or whatever. And to be honest, by the time I seen him, it kind of looked like he was wrapping up. So I just didn't even bother, you yeah. know. But uh, he would have been a cool one to meet just because I loved him as... Eddie Spaghetti. You know yep. what I mean? He was super cool. Um, I guess also on Friday was director William Malone. Okay. I didn't see him anywhere. I didn't either. I'm a big fan of uh, his house on Haunted Hill and his episode of uh, Masters of Horror. Right. I think he did like The Pale Child. or, But yeah, he was, he would have been cool to talk to for a yeah. little bit. And then um, Janet Tracy Kaiser was only there Friday. And it's showing that she was in William Malone's Parasomnia, House on Haunted Hill. I think she just played like demons and shit. Kind of a creepy character. I didn't see her though. And then we had the a trio of people from the original Evil Dead. We had Betsy Baker, Teresa Tilly, and Hal Delrich. And again, this is so fucking weird. I met Betsy Baker and Teresa Tilly years ago. Okay. At Motor City Nightmares. And I bought a poster called The Ladies of the Evil Dead. And it's just got the three of them... It's it's the shot where they're looking down into the cellar the from above. I was only going for the one night. I had something going on the next day. Ellen Sandweiss wasn't there. She would have been the trifecta. They were like, well, we'll sign this, but you need to come back tomorrow to get Ellen. Right. And I was like, I can't. So I have this wicked awesome Evil Dead poster that's missing one signature. And how funny. She wasn't here to this one either. What is she doing? <laughs> I need her to finish my poster. But even Hal Delrich, I've never seen him in anything but Evil Dead, and it would have been cool to... I guess he was only there Friday. Okay. Vernon Wells was there. Saw him for a second. I think I did, too. He was kind of tucked back by the thriller thing, Yeah, right? that first... Yeah, yeah. I think Sam and Ted room. Yep. Where he was at, yeah. Um, they also had Barbara Bingham from Jason Takes Manhattan. I don't think I've seen her there. Um, don't even know where she was sat. And then they had, lastly, uh, the Sleepaway Camp reunion, which had... Felissa Rose, Christopher Collette, Catherine Cammy. I think she gets stabbed in the shower. 
the bullies, basically. And uh, Karen Fields, who was the bully. (laughs) had Tom Vandell, who was another bully. He was the dude. I want to say he's the one with one of my favorite lines. Yo, Angela, why are you so fucked up? (laughs) 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 Just so New York, you know. But I guess other than that, uh, there were two cancellations. Corey Taylor from Slipknot. And of all people, James Hong. Oh, okay. Was supposed yeah. to be there. Yeah. Oh my God, that guy's been in every. Have you ever movie. seen him before? At a... Never. Oh, you haven't. Never. Oh, okay. He okay. would have been amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. He he's always that monster. <clears throat> Thing is, he's one of those that the movie he did that stood out to me first was Wayne's World Two as Cassandra's dad. Yeah. The funniest karate fight in cinema <laughs> history. But it was one of those deals where, as I go back, I'm like, oh. He's in Tango and Cash. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's in Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, he's in Mystery Date. It was just he showed up every... I seen him last week as a waiter on All in the Family. The fucking guy has never stopped working. Damn, he would have been super cold. But uh, I guess he canceled. It didn't say why. I hope he's okay. He's getting up there. And he did everything everywhere all at once, which I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. Insane movie, but it's uh, it's heavy. And he's got a heavy role in it. Wow. Um, well, good for him. Yes. And it just would have been so cool to meet someone who is literally, out of everyone at this con, has been in more things than probably any of them combined. That guy's a fucking legend. Yep. And, uh Definitely is. Yeah, I hope, I hope his cancellation was uh, just a scheduling thing and nothing serious. You know, I hope he's doing good. But that was it. That was the haul, man. That yeah, it was, was a big lineup. Big lineup. Yeah. Lots of vendors. We had a lot of fun. And we, uh, we kept off the weekend with a pretty cool exhibit that was, um, it was tucked away by the 3D theater, I think, yes. uh, where Cassandra was yep. signing and yep. all that. And it was just this little conference room. It was like, everything was just on a conference table. Uh-huh. Very nondescript. Right. Um, super cool though, man. Very cool. I guess it's called the Halloween Society Unmasked by Ron Majid. Coming 2024. The, the book, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a book coming out. The Halloween Society was founded in the late 80s. This was an exclusive club dedicated to the mask maker's art. Now its colorful history and dramatic influence on the mask industry is documented in Ron Majid's upcoming book, The Halloween Society Unmasked. And it's a, it's a <laughs> quote, profusely illustrated tome, reveals how in less than a decade the Halloween Society revolutionized the collecting world. It says it began with a lengthy run of meticulously crafted fanzines, which they had a few of those on their table. They did. Devoted to Don Post Studios, which was like the Titan. It was it. Distortions Unlimited and House of Horrors, inspiring a whole generation of new artists and collectors. These sought-after issues will be available on the standalone CD to the first X number of purchasers. So, sounds like when this thing hits, you want to get there early to get the, the CD. It says, then on a dare, the Halloween Society became mask makers themselves, offering 13 deluxe, extremely limited edition masks based on classic movie monsters exclusively to their members. Now this, I believe, is what they had on the table, these 13. So there was Mr. Hyde, the Frederick Marsh one, Lon Chaney's London After Midnight, that top-headed vampire, Boris Karloff's Imhotep, Paul Wegener's Der Gollum, the Gollum, you know, from Germany. Yep. And that's just to name a few. And I um, I believe they had a Chucky doll. They did. We took pictures of a bunch of these. So we'll stick we them did. on our socials as well. And, and I think we'll tag them. Super the, cool. Both super, of them were really cool. cool people. Yeah. They had a life-size mummy. mummy that I guess they restored. And um, 
Holy shit. Yeah, they were, yeah, that was really cool. They it had a really cool super, thing going on. It was super, super cool. And, yeah, uh, we'd love to get them on the show just absolutely. to talk about what they're doing. We shot the shit with them for... It was a while. We probably, were there. probably about 45 minutes. Yeah, easily. And um, man, I wish more people were coming in and out of there. I don't know how it was for them the whole weekend. Right. And this was winding down. Yeah, we, this was the end of the weekend. Even we were... We were just kind of roaming around at that point. We were, but I think we were even getting ready to leave. It was like our last Yeah, stop. we were, yeah. Her name was Maura... Hochstein. Um, she was the gal there that uh, she had just come back from a Q&A with Adam Green, I believe. And uh, she and I shot the shit and started talking about screenwriting. And yeah. she was super cool. We traded info and um, yeah, hope to get these guys on the show so they could tell us more about what they got going the on. Halloween Society, which yeah. sounds fucking cool. Yeah, it does sound cool. You know, so I mean, yeah, they had QR codes and stuff and um, looking forward to it. I guess it's coming next year. So um that was a cool little aside that we did before we took off. Trick or Treat Studios, yes, was there. They were fucking awesome. Very cool. You know, they they as usual always have some of the coolest shit and out their, there. Their tables were getting eaten up, yep. as as they should. Another um, con favorite of mine, an amazing all around artist, is uh, Terry Wolfinger, who does fantastic art. I mean, if you go upstairs, my whole hallway mm-hmm. from beginning to end, it's just all Terry Wolfinger. It's Terry's prints. art, yeah, and it's. I have um, both of the Universal monsters and then the new monsters, you know, the oh, Jasons cool. and Freddies and Leatherface and yeah. yeah. And then I um, I also have like the Hitchcock. He did um, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, like I have some in my closet that I don't even have space for, you know. Sure. Um, but I, over the years, I've I've amassed a pretty big collection of like his art. Did you get to talk to him? Um, no, I didn't get to talk to him. He's always busy. Okay. Which is fucking rad. No, that's great. You know, that's, but he did, you know, he just did those puzzles that are out. Um, he does covers for all the horror magazines. Yeah. Oh, his stuff is fucking amazing. Dude, the guy's amazing. Yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah, he, he's super fucking cool. So, you know, I, I, was, I always love seeing him. And then the small, like, dealers that have the VHS. Um, I had picked up some VHS um, from Mike, I believe I got... Oh, you had gotten, I believe, uh, Return of the Living Dead two and, on VHS uh, and Frankenstein Hospital. Yep, with the late great Irwin Keys. Yes, super happy to get that. Yep, I got a couple of rarities from uh, from the Land Beyond. They had some extremely rare, completely out of print VHS tapes that the world has forgotten about. Yeah, and uh, I was happy to see a couple of those and just pick those up. I thought it was funny at the end of the Thriller exhibit. Ran into Jimmy Simpson. Who a lot of people will remember is uh, Liam McPoyle, and it's always sunny. Yeah. <laughs> fucking love the guy. Yeah, I fucking love the guy. Yeah, um, I was t- he was he was chatting with someone, so I didn't want to bother him. He's another one that's been in all kinds of things, including Stay Alive, which I love. That's such a underappreciated film, uh, but he was in that and amongst a million other things. He's done so so much. To me, he'll always be the warm milk drinking. Sister cuddling McPoyle, and he plays it so nastily. I love the guy, but yeah, it was cool seeing him there. He was just wandering, you know. Another guy we saw while you were, you know, doing your uh, Sybil Danning thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Myself, Tina, and Mike were just hanging around waiting, and then uh, Mike Mendez walked up. And, really? You know, and, and he and he and Mike are friends. Uh, Mike Kruger are friends. Sure. So they were, you know, they were chatting about you know things they had gotten stuff, and we had just recently saw his movie, Satanic Hispanics. Really? The anthology movie. Fucking, oh my God, everyone needs to go see this movie. Okay. It's just 
It's so much fun. I highly recommend find this movie. It was fucking rad. Satanic Hispanics. Yeah. Um, so he was roaming around showing us some of the stuff that he had got, a couple of, you know, like pops and stuff. And sure. Yeah, there was there was just so many people there. You know, that's the thing. Is was, like, there's just so many people. It's like it's just a big blur. There's no way to see it all. No, there's, it's not. It, no it, matter how many rounds we went. Yeah. And that's the thing. is like we didn't really stop. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like we we went and went, you know, which is what you're supposed to do at these things. Yeah. Anything to stay away from, like. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, fuck yeah. We Please. always wound up back there like it was home base. Yeah. And we actually, um, Friday night, we had a great conversation with his buddy martin you know he he's a, a con goer and he works at cons and yes you know um huge horror guy martin that was uh he, it was first time i'd met him and uh he really enjoys the show yeah which is fucking awesome he's such a cool guy i i met him for the first time at creep by aftermath really and we ended up talking for a long time just about Anything and everything, you know, yeah. and he was just such a fucking super rad dude. And I was really looking forward to meeting him. I wish he was going to be there longer. I know. He know? was only there Friday night, I yeah, think. Yeah, he, he had uh, helped Mike set up, I believe. I think so. And it was sad because uh, we we were all just talking in the parking lot. And he's, yeah. he's holding this life-size <laughs> Chucky doll. And uh, it looked like a parent just trying, <laughs> you know, it would switch arms and it would be this way and that way. And it was just like... I, it's it's such a pleasure, Marty, to have met and talked to you, but I'm like, I feel so bad. Just go home, buddy. <laughs> Put Chucky to bed. You know, he even said he had little ones. I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. We're yeah. Just, he's a true fan of the show. and uh, Which was if, awesome. And again, there was someone else there who knew us as the Dicks. <laughs> That's a fucking guy. Do you remember who that was? Um, no. Okay. No, had, I he don't. Had, he had a table. I mean, we're sitting there. We're just looking at his stuff. Yes. And he goes... You guys are the dicks. I know you guys. And I was like, what? And it hit me. I go, Dawn of the Dicks. He knows the podcast. And the whole weekend, he just yelled out, hey, dicks. It's Every the time dicks. We were... <laughs> it was kind of weird. We've only been at this a few months. We've yeah. only released X number of episodes. I don't know where this will fall in. But to get recognized by fans, seems weird to call that, you know. <laughs> but people who are like, dude, I love the show. That was a really cool thing. It, it was, was really cool. So um, my man... Who called us dicks? <laughs> if you're listening, we bought from your table. It was a pleasure chatting with you. And yeah. then, of course, Marty. He's a cool guy, man. Super cool dude. I'm giving you your shout out too, buddy, because uh, it was a pleasure. Pleasure talking absolute to you. Absolute pleasure. Like I look forward to more chats with that guy. I look, I look forward to getting him on the show. Oh, that'd be cool. You know, he's a big collector and he's oh, a, 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 a well of knowledge of this yes. industry as well. And just an all around solid dude. Yeah. No, he, know, he'd so. be a cool one to just crack open a couple cold ones and just bullshit on the show one day. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, that was an interesting thing being recognized for yeah. this. It is, and it's weird like when someone's quoting. I've never experienced that. You <laughs> it's know, pretty funny. <laughs> calling us dicks. Yeah, and it's pretty funny. Even Michelle, who was looking out for uh, Mike's booth. Yeah. She said that she had a good hour and a half drive from wherever she was to the con. Yeah. And she goes, the entire time I'm listening to you guys. She goes, I just listened to the one about snuff films and <laughs> fucked up dark shit on episode nine. And she was just like, it was it was great. She goes, I really enjoy listening to you guys. And it's like, it's humbling. We're reaching people. Yeah. It makes everything worth it. It does. It was super cool. It was very humbling. And uh, I'm glad you guys are enjoying it, man. Yeah. It means it means our reach is out there, and uh, you can't ask. I think for it's more just going to get better. I'm just I'm go I'm rolling with it, man. I had no idea what to expect when we started this, and yeah, 
it's, it's well, I, you know, I was super excited that we were able to schedule this trip, you know, because as you I'm sure you guys know, you know, we do this every few months and we just sort of pack three, four months of craziness into two weeks. We do. And it's it's not a long time. Yeah. Um, we managed to get a lot done for the time we do have. This time was a little unfortunate. You know, I lost my voice and it kind of hindered us. But um, these interactions just make it all worth it. It makes, you know, it makes me want to keep going, man. Yeah. You know, if, people, if we're reaching people and informing them and entertaining them above all else, I am thrilled. I, I think it's just super cool. If you see us around, man, just say hi. Yeah. And you can drop us a line too. socials. We're on all the socials and uh, 5195 podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, we'll try to answer them on the air. Even, and share so. your stories of the same con we attended. That would be you know? cool if you did attend this con or if you have other cool con stories from yeah. some of the people we talked about. Yeah. I'd love to hear it, yeah. man. Hey, man, I, I look forward to, you know, many, many more cons in the future. Sure. You know, with you. Um, we're really trying to figure out the next one, like the Monster Palooza, the big one in mm-hmm. Pasadena, you know, next year. You know, seeing if maybe that's something we could put on the books, you know, as our next trip to kind of bookend or whatnot. Sure. You know, these things. I think that's a really cool thing. And obviously, actually, it'd be really cool, too, to get to a point to where, you know, we're doing a show live from the con floor. That would be neat. You know. That would be a level of success that I would look forward to. Yeah, it would be know. fun. Cool, it, and we get, you know, just report to you live. I had an extremely good time with you. Likewise. And, you know, jokes aside, had a blast with you, Mike. Um, we're glad you were there, and, uh, you wasn't. know. I wasn't. Did you hear jokes aside? I still hate the podcast. I said jokes aside. <laughs> I was like, come I, on, why are you doing this? I didn't, <laughs> stop, I didn't, stop pretending. I didn't say for how long, <laughs> Mike. No, you know, Mike has become one of my really good friends over the years. He's just a super nice guy. Oh, yeah. No, this was a fun jumbo convention episode, and uh, we hope you guys had a good time. All right, man. Until next time. Until next Monster Palooza. Oh, this motherfucker. See? Yeah. Jumbo show, so we can't stick to the Jumbo show. Okay, jumbo show. So until next jumbo show. No, I'm not doing that. Wait. No? For this, we'll do how about until next show. Next. How about until next horror convention? Or how about we... I'm just rambling. See you guys.